There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome to You Mean a Poltergeist. As Belinda just told me, we are your weekly thunder from the land down under. <laughs> <laughs> it's been raining a lot. It has. I'm actually very scared of lightning and thunder. You were jumping the other night. When it's so fucking bright and then you're just like, shit, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? I find it very relaxing. I've got to put on a brave face for Molly. And do you know how hard that is for me? Molly's like traumatized by thunder and lightning. She hates it. Listen to her now. Making loud sounds of her dismay. Known to the podcasters. What's new, babe? I quit my job still. You still quit your job? Yeah. I haven't gotten a new one yet. But you've got an interview tomorrow for another job. Yes. And the job has lots of fun things in it, like crystals. It has crystals and, like, little... I bought a little sage kit from there, like a little smudging kit. Hell yeah. A nice little selenite rod in there with with a little amethyst. And we got some Palo Santo. Is that how you say it? Mm. I don't know. Palo Santo wood. Palo... Polia, whatever. We got that little stick of wood in there, so we cleansed the house with that and the sage. And it was just very beautiful, and I felt amazing energy ever since. I felt very calm. Lovely. Nothing weird has happened again. No, um, no, it's been clean since that moment. Yeah. Mm. I have had a um, nerve jumping in my eye for, like, the last three days. Can't be chalked up to paranormalness, though. It's not. It's just your nerves. It's just, I've been coughing a lot. <laughs> What's been getting on your nerves, babe? What's been getting on my nerves? Yeah, because why, <laughs> why is it twitching? Life. Life's on your Life nerves. Life in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I estimated night shift last night was going to be really shit? It was. It was. I'm still exhausted. My body clock hasn't adjusted back to normal. I just feel tired all the time. And now you're doing two till midnight. Yee-hoo. Fun time. What time did you finish last night? <laughs> Only 10.30. <laughs> I was like already like 10 minutes past my regular shift time and I was like, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> well, you'd already worked eight hours. Mm. Exactly. I was just too exhausted. So I just went home and slept. Yeah. It was good. That's good. I like sleeping. Sleeping's good. Yeah, you were still up very early this morning making noise. Hey, I was making sure the cat didn't scratch the carpet up. Making noise. <laughs> what kind of noise? I heard a bang and I was like, oh, I just wanted to sleep. I crumpled my little toe on the edge <laughs> of the fucking table, all right? It's not but- my fault. Like, I'm not trying to do that. That's the worst Control thing your feet. Control my little toe? Control your toes. Why is it that the little toe receives so much punishment? Why is my depth perception or perception of where maybe my body Maybe that's why is... we have little toes is because our ancestors would always kick them. Ah, maybe they used to be big toes. They could have been the big on toes. On the outside. Yeah. How would that make for balance? I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of vocal fry. Sorry, guys. My throat's still very... Messed up from messed singing up from the from California singing. accent. And then it caused, like, some weird throat thingy. Yeah. 
infection. Not really an infection. You've done messed up, girl. And then I don't stop talking. I always talk and I always sing. The whole time I drove to Renee's on Saturday, I was singing Short Stack because Short Stack's coming back. Um, I'm very excited. That's Belinda's favorite band. I'm going to go see them. We got tickets. <laughs> I'm going to go see them. <laughs> She's too excited. Ah, I'm going to see Short Stack. I'm going to revert to being like a 13-year-old girl again. Yep. It's very exciting. We lived your youth. Ah, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so long ago. <laughs> That's a whole decade ago. 12 years for me. Uh, Forever. What are, we, what, are we, what, what are we talking about today, Belinda? Oh, oh, before we start talking about things, we should say that we are brought to you proudly today by our lovely sponsors on Patreon. Patreon. I feel like we haven't mentioned them for a while. I know. I mean, if you want to support us over on Patreon, you can help the podcast grow. All you got to do is give a little bit a month. You could give us like two bucks a month and we would be able to sufficiently improve our podcast. We've already been tinkering potentially with the fact, with the fact, with the idea of maybe including video portions of our podcast on maybe YouTube. maybe we will only make it available for patreon people potentially we'll find definitely. out definitely no i'm kidding <laughs> definitely <laughs> anyway what anyway. are we talking about today Luna? um i don't know what you're talking about but i know what i'm talking about all I know is you foreshadowed something about tentacles. Yeah, but you're going first. I am so going first. I don't know why you always ask me, what are we talking about? Because it's not like we're talking about the same thing. Sometimes we are. Sometimes we're in the same category. Today, definitely not. Definitely not. Do you have tentacles? Mm. No. So I've done mine all on one specific hentai. <laughs> on a hentai? Isn't that what we're doing today, porn? Oh, right. That's our theme. Our theme is hentai. Yeah, I found a poltergeist hentai. Wow. I'm going to play it for you. <laughs> oh, perfect. I can't wait to have that audio clip in. <laughs> they always sound like they're being hurt, and that's why I can't watch Asian porn. Mm. Like, I can't. I don't want to, like, why are you hurt? Like, no, this is not fun for me. And then the men are like, oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's probably not going to make it. Into- <laughs> yeah, no, it will. Leave that in. Everyone needs to know why I can't watch Asian porn. Okay. So today I'm actually going to be going back, harkening back to episode 20 of our podcast, an episode called Gin and Tonic, where we discussed genies. Otherwise yes, known we as the gin, genie, other d- thing. What? Gin, the gin. It's like DJ, DJ, turn it up, 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 up. DJ I N N, DJ I N N. Oh, in the house tonight. DJ in, DJ in, DJ in is in the house. He in the house. Anyway, I'm talking about DJ in, or just gin. How about that? Let's just call him gin from now on. And in particular. Like, I wanted to come back and talk about them because we watched a program on Netflix recently called Haunted. Yes. Where people kind of sit around a table and discuss a haunting that had happened to them. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, give their second account of what happened to them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of them was called Demon of War or something like that. And it was this... Marine's experience when he was deployed over in the Middle East somewhere uh, and he was overlooking a graveyard on this watch like nights in a row and he'd always get the feeling that something was watching him and eventually he saw something sort of run out in front of this little um, post that he was situated on. Yeah, didn't they have like the one spotlight or something or? Yeah. He was, yeah. So he went down from his post and was looking around in the graveyard for what exactly had run out because he thought maybe there was a, you know, an enemy out there or something, someone trying to hurt them. And a strange ghoul-like entity came and sort of hucked him on the ground and then screamed into his face with its glowing eyes. And I didn't really put two and two together then because 
you know, when you're kind of watching Netflix, you sort of just deactivate your body and your brain, and you just, and you just let the things happen. Become a mind-numbing potato <laughs> on yeah. the lounge. Yeah. Your brain is now mush. That's what we are becoming as a society, mind-numbed potatoes. It's not bad, though. I'm fine with being a mind We're going to be like... Except like, I'd rather be a French fry, not a potato, because I want to be skinny. <laughs> We're going to be um, those people on Wally. how they're in those, like, chairs. Um, Have you seen those Segway chairs? Yeah, I've seen them. Hello? They exist. They exist. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so I didn't really put two and two together when I was watching that show, because I was a potato. But when I come back to research again on sort of gin phenomenon phenomena uh i kind of looked at it and i was like oh wow there's a lot of sort of experiences that people who have been deployed have recounted that they sort of talk about like gin experiences like these entities were definitely gin because the locals you know tell them of these specific legends and then these things start happening to them and one such entity there's like different kinds of gin if you go back and listen to the original episode you'll find out all about it but there's different kinds of genies like they have their own category categories and one of them is called the ghoul gin which lives around graveyards and is said yeah which is exactly where he was in the middle east somewhere jesus on a graveyard Wow. He probably got attacked by a ghoul genie. He probably did get attacked by a ghoul genie. The way he described it certainly sounded like a ghoul genie. Certainly did sound like that. Anyway, I'm not giving you one account today, but I'm giving you many accounts. Oh, shit. Of just paranormal things that have happened to people in deployment during, like, military deployment. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck it up, babe. Fuck it up. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Got you a girl who gasses you up for your podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I went down a rabbit hole on this website called mysteriousuniverse.org. Oh, you use Mysterious Universe too? It's so good. It's a good one. A great website. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, Yeah, they they compile. That was me burping. Burp? Yeah. Like, what the fuck what the was fuck that is behind that? me? <laughs> Throwing your burps behind me now, huh? Ventriloquist who? I've got it over here in the corner. It must have transmuted around the room. I smell like what the fuck? Yeah, I was led down a little rabbit hole while researching. Uh, MysteriousUniverse.org has a bloody great amount of content on there. You guys should go and check that out. But, yeah, they compiled in two different lists... A bunch of stories that soldiers had shared coming back. You know, soldiers as well, like proud people. They're not going to usually share things like that. That's the sort of thing you don't really share when you're, yeah. you know, out on deployment. You don't want to fucking scare your, um, because we are men. Your friends, we're men in tights. We roll around the forest looking for fights. Was that what you were singing? That's from Robin Hood, Men in Tights, one of my favorite movies. I wasn't seeing that. Singing SpongeBob. <laughs> Never mind that. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be a bunch of different compiled things that I have uncovered from Mysterious Universe. Cool. So, the first story comes from a soldier who was deployed in Mosul, Iraq, in July of 2003. And he had been assisting in suppressing a riot that had broken out among the local populace. I think it was something to do with, like, corrupt policemen or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so him and a, another soldier were stationed in this second-story building, and they were checking cars that were coming past this checkpoint, and they'd sort of shine the lights on their rifle into the car, make sure that no one in the car had had... Uh, any weapons on them or anything. And the sort of vantage point will allow them to see down, you know, between their feet and things like that. Um, so at around 2.30 in the morning when they were scanning, you know, everyone was going past, everything was normal. They caught this car in their lights coming down the road slowly. The man driving it was, like, squinting and, you know, trying to avoid the light, as one would do. 
when there's fucking military grade flashlights shining in your eyes. Yeah. But the thing in his passenger seat almost looked human, except for the fact that its eyes were like cat like almost and reflective. And it just completely made like eye contact with the two of them the whole way and was reflecting the light from the flashlights back at them and it was just unblinking just staring at them yeah no i'm getting goosebumps genies are fucking scary now i'm just gonna say it i think they're creepier than aladdin really embellished a lot of i know i know right (laughs) no but usually they're just tricksters which is the case in most of these stories but other ones like the guljin and like the uh and stuff like that are just up there with some of the creepiest shit ever yeah, so they were both a bit creeped out, but I think they just went about their regular thing and didn't really speak about it to each other at all. Um, yeah, the second one, uh, second story comes from a military police officer who was, and this is funnily enough, another ghoul gin story, uh, who had been embedded with an army unit in a remote uh, mountain region of Iraqi Kurdistan called Suleymaniya <laughs> Governorate. Okay, sorry, yep. I didn't mean to laugh. Soleimaniya Governorate. It sounds, like, so made up. I know, right? But it's not. So, <laughs> it was a, I probably butchered the pronunciation. That's right. But the reason this military police officer had been embedded with this army unit was because their Kurdistan and... Oh, the Kurdistan army, or military, and the locals had both reported that this one little village in the mountains was being terrorised by a ghoul genie. And they're like, well, that's fucking ridiculous. There's no such thing as ghoul genies. So what they thought was, and the reason they sent the policeman in, was that an a soldier has gone, like, mad from oh, war. has gone, like, AWOL or Yeah, gone AWOL in the mountains, and it's just, like, now killing people and then... You know, dragging them off or whatever. So they were like, fuck. We As you do, you know. Yeah, go mad from war. Go mad from the war. So they were like, oh, we got to go check it out. They were stationed there for a few days, and the man said that he was talking over some maps or something like that with his squad leader when they heard this, like, shrill scream just echo out from the mountains as they sort of looked outside and went outside to check what was going on. All the locals were, like, charging into their houses and, like, pulling their uh, animals and stuff inside and just, like, locking their doors until they were pretty much the only ones left outside. They were like, oh, fuck. So This is serious. Yeah. They took their... uh, They sort of got got all their uh, squad suited up and then went out into the mountains to this pass where this noise had been heard and where this thing reportedly you know, hunted or that was its territory or home. And when they were sort of scanning the area, it was nighttime at this point as well. They didn't even find anything, but as they were making their way up there, they heard like several more just like screams coming from this mountainside. This thing like reportedly inhuman, just like screeching out over the top of the fucking uh, mountains. Fucking hell. So I guess they didn't even find anything because... It didn't say that they found anything, so the poor people probably are still getting fucked up by this damn ghoul. Jesus Christ. Well, how are you going to stop it if you did find it, huh? How are you going to stop it? you going to shoot it? Well, I mean... Who are you going to call? Ghost? Gin Busters. Gin Busters. Gin Busters. Exactly. Aladdin fucked up that gin right? that one time. Yeah, remember that Put him in a lamp. Put him in a lamp. He yeah. was a sorcerer. <laughs> exactly. Turn genie, turn lamp. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... What was I I could do that. Yeah, well, previously that we what we chatted about in episode twenty was that genies reportedly are half corporeal, so they're like half ghostly, half humanly. Like you could actually touch them. Yeah, like a genie. So I mean, if you can, if it bleeds, you can kill it. Oh, but <laughs> do they bleed? I mean, they probably bleed elements. I mean, they're made of, like, fire and shit. Okay, so then, like, you kill one, it just turns into fire, and now <laughs> half of Australia's on fire. Oh, shit. That's what happened. Oh, my God. Uh, that explains a lot. Too soon? Very too soon. Ghoul genies kind of remind me of Wendigos, and they have a lot of parallels. 
Yeah, I was thinking that too. Because Wendigos usually are described as like partly spirit, partly like physical. Yeah. Because they can physically like attack you and they can, you know, mock you yeah, while being you, invisible and shit like that. Can you also kill a Wendigo though? I mean, you are meant to be able to. I think it's... How do you kill how a Wendigo? Do, how do you kill a Wendigo? we got to know this in case we ever have to kill a Wendigo. <laughs> Let me look it up. Oh, fire! Ah! Fire kills Wendigos, yeah. So, no to self, always have flamethrower. Continually douse it in flames until it's nothing but a pile of ash. You probably just kill a person. Yeah. Line your windows with salt and try to burn it. But at the same time, if it's a spirit, you can't really burn a spirit. How How else would you fight one, you know? Salt and fire. Shotgun. With fire. With fire shotgun? Fire shotgun. We need to make that up. They call that a flamethrower. <laughs> no, I'm, t- I'm not talking about a flamethrower. I'm talking about a shotgun. You shoot it, and then, and then when the fire comes hits out. whatever it is, it, it turns burnt. into fire. Yeah. Revolutionary. Revolutionary! <laughs> the next story that I research was from a soldier who was deployed in Ford Operating Base Endurance. I believe that's in Iraq as well. And this soldier, over his deployment, had begun relations with a female soldier on the base. (laughs) Scandalous. Scandalous, very. Uh, And, you know, they can't spend nights together because they're both stationed in their bunks and whatnot. But they would sneak away and have evenings in this bunker. And the bunker had, like, large blast doors. So if anyone was coming in, they'd definitely know about it. I don't know how exactly they snuck in there, but they must have figured out a way to close it. And there was, like, an engine going on outside, like a generator. So if, you know, if the door opened up, they'd hear the generator and the generator would also mask some of their noises, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Probably playing like think we need a generator. party games and stuff, not yeah. not having sex. No. Um, this is a PG channel. PG, yeah. Parental guidance, not even parental guidance. This is a G-rated channel. Guidance only. We give you the guidance. Yeah. Wait, what does G even stand for? General. That's gay. Does not stand for gay. <laughs> um, yeah. So. They started hearing things when they were laying down together in this bunker. They'd hear the sound of people walking through gravel outside of the bunker. And when they'd go to investigate, no one would be anywhere in the vicinity. And they started thinking, oh, this is really weird. So it kept happening. They kept hearing the gravel. Obviously, they were doing this nightly or every other night, trying to do their little escape thing. Uh... And then eventually the footsteps started coming into the bunker and they'd hear footsteps. I think there was like a bunk in that bunker and they would share the bunk together. Apparently they'd hear footsteps walking from one side of the room directly towards their bunk and they'd be like, oh shit. And then as things progress more and more, they'd start hearing whispers in the corner of the room, like a language they didn't understand. But no one was there. Obviously, yeah, no one was there. It's pitch black, obviously. It's a concrete bunker. But mm. as they got their light out, no one was there. And the whispers would stop as soon as they sort of noticed it. And then things had continued. They'd sort of leave it for a bit to try and see what else would happen. And then the whispers would start and then another whisper would start and they'd start conversing with each other in each of the corners of the room and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, not good stuff. And then they'd shine their light nothing there. And then eventually, they'd start hearing two sets of footsteps walking to the bed. And one night, they left it just to see what would happen. And the footsteps got to the bed, continued talking. There was talking at the edge of the fucking bed. And then they heard like what sounded like a massive metal plate just being slammed on the ground next to their bed. And they freaked out, you know, fucking leaping everywhere. And in the panic, they couldn't find their flashlight. So they were left in the dark for like a minute almost. Until they found it and there was nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. But genies do enjoy trickery, so they so might have just, just loved like... the fact that these sort of lovers who were not quite meant to be together 
are there and they can fuck with them. <laughs> While they fuck. While they fuck, yeah. They're probably just staring at them through the dark like, yeah, mm. get it. Now I'm going to throw this plate on the ground. She's Shit. faking it. <laughs> She's, yeah, that's what they're whispering about. <laughs> How do you think he did? I don't know, man. I think she's faking it. <laughs> no one comes that quickly. What are those whispers? Fuck, they're onto us. Let's take a look. Walk up to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> she got small titties. What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so... After that, they never went back into that. I wouldn't the either. Fuck yeah. me. I don't know whether they suspended their little relationship or... <laughs> I feel like that's an omen. If shit like that starts happening, not really. I mean, we've had shit happen, to, well, not directly to us, but we haven't foreseen that as an omen yet. No. no. Nothing's happened while we're doing it. No. Because the power of love is more strong than the power of evil. So, um, were they really in love is the real question to ask. Ah, that's or true. Or were they just fucking? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of different stories on the um, website that I won't recount all because I insist that you all go and check them out because there's some really interesting ones. One about uh, army unit killing something that was a giant. Very interesting. I'll That's leave the insane. links down we below. Do, we should do an episode on giants. Yeah, I guess they're kind of paranormal. I don't know. <laughs> Not really, but maybe. Paranormal adjacent. Yeah, but we did Giants, mythologically, mythology, mythology, mythology. Yeah. So I also went down this rabbit hole of Reddit, and a user who I also want you to check out is called user zero three five none. N o n e or n u n? N o n e. Uh, apparently they are, or they were, were or are, deployed a number of times. Uh, during training, they like, I think they have like 12 different threads where they've posted their encounters with paranormal things while, uh, in the military. And there was like a three part story with this Wendigo that was on this mountain with them while he was training. And it sounds creepy as fuck, like... Their whole squad was beginning to experience it. They were up on top of this mountain and they could hear like voices shouting out behind them, like people that they knew, like calling their name. And when they got to the top of the mountain, like a mad blizzard started and they were all pretty well freezing to death, but they were in a tent huddled together. And this thing was like on the corner of the tree line trying to call out in different voices to get them to come out of the tent and freeze to death. Fucking hell, that's insane. Yeah. Anyway, so you know how I said there were those vampiric djinn? Yeah. I think he may have spotted one of those because the most of the djinn are like shape changer kind of ones. So this user U35 or whatever the fuck I said. <coughs> yeah, O 35 Nun was um, sitting patrolled in a squad car at night just sort of looking over. Uh, this particular section that needed patrolling. And apparently a man came up over top of one of the dunes, dressed in like army fatigues, looked like a soldier, and came down. He didn't really think anything of it because he thought that perhaps this person was someone who'd gone and taken like a shit or something in the sand dunes and was just coming back over. Uh, as As they approached... They got to the edge of the car and were just, like, talking for a little bit and it just didn't have any expression to the way it spoke. Mm. And it said, um, can I come in to the car? And he's like, well, what's your name again? And then he, he's like, Sergeant something. And he, he radioed it in because he was pretty low ranking at this time and he's like, probably don't know anyone. Yeah. So it might be some someone I don't know yet. But he radioed it anyway. We got this person trying to get into the car over um and the person at base was just like what the fuck there's no such person like that in your um company yeah and then the guy's like you got to get out of there now and so they took off but this person person when they were standing next to the car was just getting like this scowl and like 
changing face and stuff like that. I'm getting really creeped out right now. Fuck. But yeah, his face was like distorting and disfiguring, and like that its teeth were like growing and just weird shit like that. Apparently, this person had been identified a number of times. But the thing that makes me think is a vampire gin. I don't know whether vampiric gin conform to regular vampire. vampire folklore where they have to like be invited in somewhere to come in maybe that's where the whole vampire origin thing came from possibly these Sounds genies like out in the desert yeah yeah there's lots of other cool stories particularly about so vampire can you like throw like garlic at them and they'll go away <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know why that's how it works with these ones oh. i think you gotta specifically just throw lamps it's like a pokeball <laughs> and then they get sucked in. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got on. Well, not all I have, but there's more to check out. And there's I won't a lot out there. At all. Yeah, there's lots of people who have experienced things whilst deployed mm. overseas, and it's interesting. Very interesting. What are you chatting about, babe? Tentacles mainly. Tell me about the tentacles. So, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I went onto my favorite site, the Ranker. Well, it's not the ranker, it's just ranker, isn't it? Ranker.com. And I was just like, paranormal tag, you know? <laughs> yep. And then Let's this, see what like, it comes up with. Top 10, like, super real hauntings. And I was like, that sounds about right. And I found this. As, Tis- sorry, as someone who's experienced demonic tentacles in their life, not in a sexual way, I, uh,. <laughs> I'm interested to hear where you go with this. Thank you. This is the nameless thing of Berkeley Square in London. Ah. Interesting. I got all my info from the Occult Museum, Ranker, Mysterious Universe, and Cryptopia. I've noticed that I don't keep putting down my references, and I really should. Um, I will make a note that some of the sites said it was on the second floor. Some of the sites said it was on the top floor of this building. Um, so I've just kind of written in what that article said. Yep. Berkeley Square, situated in the middle of one of London's most historical areas and was originally laid out in the, and was originally laid out in the mid 18th century by famed architect William Kent. Old Willie Kent. No idea who he is. <laughs> He's famed. How He's don't famed. you know him? I don't know. I wrote it from the, I read just... From the article. I'm sure other article, other articles, other architects may know him. If you're an architect out there and you know William Kent, shout rate, out review, to you. Subscribe. Yeah. It would go on to become a place for the wealthy to reside, a symbol of opulence and a marquee area to live in. Um, with many rich, famous, and influential figures, such as the very first tenant to live there. Prime Minister George Canning, or, yeah, Canning, and then Winston Churchill, who also lived in the building. Canning lived there until his death in 1827 and was the first to experience inexplicable sounds and psychic phenomena. Oh, wow. Yeah. This place of wealth um, and eminent stature would go on to become the home of to something not of this side of Earth. Rumours of this building started early on as there are legends that a little girl was once killed there by a servant and her spirit is seen in the attic. Um, Another that a previous tenant, a young woman named Adeline, who died by suicide by jumping from the top window after being physically abused by her uncle. After that incident, people would see her white figure throwing herself from the top floor window before disappearing as she fell. Um, another being a tenant only known as Mr. Myers, um, as he was a reclusive hermit who apparently went insane and died in the house. Viscount Beersted purchased the house and leased it to the young man on the verge of marriage, but his fiancée left him soon after, and Myers isolated himself in the home he had furnished just for her. Oh, that's She probably terrible. died of a broken heart. Yeah. Poor baby. Anyway, another story that could feed the energy of the house is about Mr. Dupree. He locked his mad brother in the attic and kept him there, feeding him through a hole in the door until he died. What the fuck? <laughs> this is the 18th century, babe. How's that for an existence? Fuck it up, you know what I'm saying? Fuck it up. I'm not mad. He's just like, you're mad. Any mad people say that? 1800s, anything's fucking madness. Anything. You have an epileptic fit? 
you're, you're mad. mad. <laughs> you're mad. <laughs> Look at him. He's doing that thing again. He cons- he's convulsing. He's, he's mad. He's got the demons in him. <laughs> Quick, get the priest in. Yeah. The power of Christ impels you. It's working. He's shaking it out. He's <laughs> <laughs> having an epileptic fit. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Could the phenomena reported be the result of these restless spirits roaming about some particularly intense poltergeist? There have been many theories of what could be the nameless thing of Berkeley Square. I love how it has that name. That's so ominous. The nameless thing. Ooh. Nameless thing. Yeah. I like it. So these hauntings and happenings are at number 50, a single four-story townhouse right in the middle of the square. The earliest verified account of this entity dates from the 1840s when 20-year-old Sir Robert Warboys was at the local pub and took a dare to spend the night in the supposedly haunted upstairs bedroom of a house surrounded by scary rumours for years. While heavily intoxicated, he went in with a gun and a candle and a bell system for alerting the landlord just in case he saw anything out of the ordinary. A gun. A little pistol. Shit, he must have one of them flame shotguns. It was a pistol. (laughs) A little pistol. (laughs) I love that I looked at you and I said, it was a pistol. And you're like, he must have had one of those flame shotguns. (laughs) (laughs) My mind, one track. (laughs) See his girlfriend's mouth moving, only hears... I was already chewing along to that next line. <laughs> I'm just here like, it was a pistol. My I'm brain. Like, disproving your theory right in front of you. My brain doesn't split my you know, I mental know. train of thought. I know. That's why I call it a train of thought because I go one way. A chicka 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 chicka. Choo choo. Know what I'm saying? Yes. <clears throat> the landlord was quite hesitant to let him stay there for the night. <laughs> I bet. He's carrying a gun. Especially after he never came out alive. Oh, shit. Just an hour after he entered the bedroom, just after midnight, the landlord heard the bell frantically ringing um, and then followed by a gunshot. The landlord rushed to the bedroom expecting the worst and when he got to the war boy's room the se- on the second floor, he found the young man dead, slouched in the corner with the pistol still gripping tightly in his hand. Uh, Upon further inspection at his face, life, uh, sorry, at his pale, lifeless face, was a look of horror with his face twisted and contorted, lips drawn back and eyes bulging as if he had literally been frightened to death. Wow. A bullet hole in the wall opposite the body. There was no trace of anything that war boys could have fired at, nor any signs of any intruder. God damn. Yep. A similar encounter happened. Oh. Yeah. To another young man. Oh, God, he's saying. To another young man um, by the name of Lord Littleton. Lord Littleton. Lord Littleton. He decided to try to bravely stay a night in the attic of the residence in 1872, where he encountered a strange apparition with tentacles, sort of like an octopus, which he had then fired upon with a rifle. When he went to see if he'd killed it, he found nothing there. Just bullet holes and shells. But he lived. Obviously to tell the tale. Yeah. In 1879, the building was purchased by a man and his two teenage daughters. Upon moving in, the eldest daughter noted a musty smell like... uh, Musty smell like zoo animals in cages. Uh, She's got that... She's got that smell sense. Smell sense. Yep. During preparations for the arrival of her betrothed, um, a Captain Kentfield, his name was, there was also a maid who spent the night on the top floor. I can't stop speaking like that. On the top floor and was found screaming the next morning, don't let it touch me, she said over and over again. Her face was a mask of fear and although she survived, she was never the same again and passed away in a sanatorium. Which is oh insane my asylum. God. She went insane to she death. She went mad. Holy shit. As mad as a hatter. This thing has so many parallels to these stories I've been reading lately. I will get into it. Oh, this is the best Maybe. fucking no, It's ever. probably not that insane. Okay, continue. But uh, it's just theories. I've been reading lots of Lovecraftian horror. Mm. 
This is exactly that. Mm. Tentacled monsters driving people insane. Sounds about right. Well, yeah, I didn't do any Lovecraft research. All good. Yeah, so she died at sanatorium. Half an hour after the captain's arrival, there was a scream and a gunshot heard before he was discovered dead of fright. Oh my fucking god. Yep. Everyone's dead. Everyone dies. An article in the Mayfair magazine recounted the entire affair and the nameless horror was soon known throughout the United Kingdom. This is amazing. It's pretty good, hey? After a series of residents, many with stories of hauntings, the home was left to sit vacant. A better documented incident um, occurred a few decades later in 1887. This time, two sailors, Edward Blunden and Robert Martin, found themselves with a place without a place to stay on Christmas Eve after their ship, the Penelope, had docked in London and decided to crash in the empty house on Berkeley Street. They stayed in the same room as War Boys dead, as War Boys died. Martin fell asleep, but was awakened in the night by the sound of Blunden fighting something. They were awoken just after midnight by something moving in the room, creating wet noises and causing the wooden floorboards to creak and groan. When Blunden tried to investigate who the apparent trespasser could be, he reportedly came across an amorphous, pulsating mass of grey blocking his way. Oh my fucking god, it's so cool. Which then leapt to attack him. Oh my god. Martin woke up to join him, but instead saw a scene that caused him to flee the building in horror. Blunden was being strangled by a formless shape that had tendrils, one of which was using to strangle Blunden. Martin ran from the house and returned with a police officer, only to find Blunden had been thrown from the second story of the house and crushed on the street below. But in another story, his body is found mangled in the basement at the front. I'm sorry, I really tried to hold that. <laughs> you could have just gone, excuse me. I was like, <gasps> why don't you just go, I'm going to sneeze? Because I was already in the throes of passion. I was in the throes of passion. I feel like I'm going to start this all over again. Blunden had been thrown from the second story of the house and crushed on the street below, but in another story, his body was found mangled in the basement at the foot of the stairs. But in both endings, the body was found to have a face contorted with terror like the others. Oh my god, this is so cool. The legend of the evil only continued to grow with others reportedly seeing some sort of entity on the premises over the years, which varied in description from an amorphous blob of mist to a collection of shadows to the humanoid form of a shadowy man to a slimy ooze with claws and even tentacles that made sloppy noises as it travelled. Yeah. <laughs> sloppy noises. It's in quotation marks. Sloppy noises. These tentacle-like appendages have led to some... to. Uh, have led some to suspect the entity is not a ghost, but a semi-aquatic predatory cryptid phenomenon that surfaces from the London sewer system, also described as a globular globular phantom octopus with twisted deformed features (laughs) and which would have a viscous, which would leave, sorry, a viscous trail of stinking ooze. Whatever it was or is, also apparently have the ability to drive whoever saw it absolutely mad um, as they gazed upon it long enough, if they gazed upon it long enough. This was the case of a maid who had gone into the residence to clean and had later been found stark raving insane. In another case, a nobleman, a nobleman purportedly spent the night where, spent the night there and was found the next day a blithering, drooling basket case, his mind shattered by some unforeseen force. Wow. In 1870, W.E. Howlett wrote of this sinister place in its unearthly tenant, and its unearthly tenant, which reads as such. The mystery of Berkeley Square still remains a mystery. The story of the fatal haunted house in Mayfair can be recapitulated in a few words. Is that how recapitulated? In a few words. The house contains at least one room of which the atmosphere is supernaturally fatal to the body and mind. A girl saw, heard, and felt such horror in it that she went mad and never recovered sanity enough to tell how or why. A gentleman, a disbeliever in ghosts, dared to sleep in number 50 and was found a corpse in the middle of the floor after frantically ringing 
the ringing for help in vain. Rumour suggests the ca- other cases of, se- of the same kind, all ending in death, madness, or both as a result of sleeping or trying to sleep in that room. The very party walls of the house, when touched, are found saturated with electric horror. It is uninhabited, saved by an elderly man and his wife who act as caretakers, and the wife ended up passing away, side note, very peacefully inside oh, the house. Nice. So I was like, mm, okay. Not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. But even these have no access to the room. This is kept locked, the key being in the hands of a mysterious and seemingly nameless person who comes to the house once every six months, locks up the elderly couple in the basement, and then unlocks the room and occupies himself in it for hours. What the hell? It's a cult! He's a a cultist of a great old one. Okay. So the house is still there today and is worth practically nothing, even though it is located in the most affluent areas of um, London and would be abandoned for long stretches of time, sometimes for years on end. Many sightings and incidents were recorded over the years, especially about the second floor. That was until the 1930s when Ed Maggs turned the place into an antiquarian bookstore on the first floor called Mags Brothers, which yeah. it remained until 2015 when Mags moved. When Mags moved in there, there was a lock placed on the second floor and it was totally off limits. By police order, no employee or customer of the store was allowed to explore the building's upper floors, though they did report strange noises from that part of the house. Oh my god, so no one's ever gone up there since. Holy fuck! That is such a cool story. Yeah, I'm not done. Oh, shit. I've got, like, three more paragraphs. Oh, hell yeah. There's also the idea that some demon resides here, or even that the house serves as some sort of doorway between dimensions through which strange entities venture through. In other theories, this was the doing of some sort of mutant or even an experiment gone away, or even that it was just a fabricated rumour spread by fraudsters holding up the house in order to keep nosy people away. There's also the possibility that considering the variation between reports and how some details have changed over the centuries that we could be just dealing with an urban legend. Skeptics have been quick to point out that many aspects of the tales bear a strong resemblance to fictional works like the story of the sailors, which is thought to have likely come from a story by an author in 1870 named Elliot O'Donnell. Hmm. I think it sounds like something from the Upside Down. Yes. And if this was all made up, then let's go in there with some ghost hunting equipment and see what happens. But guess what? We can't because still to this day, no one is allowed on the last three floors. That is so cool. And that is the story of the nameless thing. Oh my God. That is so cool. That was probably the coolest story I've ever heard in my life. I'm not even joking. There was adventure. There was death. Lots of of death. Lots of death. But dying of fright. Something has to scare you. So bad that you literally die of fright. You just can't even fathom the thing that you're looking at, so you go insane and die of fright. Like so cool on so many levels. You're like, this is just This is exactly what I've been This is exactly what I've been reading about lately and nerding out about. Maybe in a ghost story on our podcast. Got the um idea from the story. Maybe. Maybe. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and creepy. I like the idea that these people are in there firing their little muskets at the fucking thing or whatever their pistol is. A pistol and there was a rifle. I wonder... 1870, right? But you had, like... They had repeating arms and... Yeah, I don't know. You had a captain come in and he tried... And he fucking screamed and died of fright. Yeah. These people are not, you know, babies... Mm-mm. They're like strong, independent people who mm-hmm. don't need no partner. Exactly. And but they're dying of fright. But like, if the, if the rumors aren't true, and if it's an urban legend, how about we unlock the top three floors and Let's find out? Close down that little antiquarian bookstore. It's like a yeah, maybe it's a fucking dimension plane. What if it is a the upside down? Dimension. Exactly. 
I wonder how the people collect the bodies when they have to go in and collect the bodies. They probably just like lasso them from the doorway and then like pull them out. Like fuck this shit. I ain't going in there and going insane. Right. Stark raving mad, as they would say in that time. Basket case. Basket case. That's a good one. I just I had to copy all the words they said because I was like, this is so good. Too good. Too good. That was amazing, babe. Good job. Thank you. It was worth me taking an extra half an hour this morning. I love the descriptor, sloppy noises. Oh, <laughs> that should be the episode name. It is. Sloppy noises. Done. I don't know what I'm going to do for the artwork for that. All right. Yeah, just picture of sloppy noise, a tentacle monster. If you want to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or support us on Patreon, you can at Yumina Poltergeist. Yes, you can. We have merch on Redbubble and Public. If you want to go up there and get some stuff, go up there, go on there. Why am I Go up to the second floor and get some stuff, yeah? Oh, shit. Don't do it. Chill. Um, it's YMAAP on Redbubble because I couldn't put you in a poltergeist. They have a character limit. Oops. Oh. And, um, yeah. The one on Public. T Public, that's not canon. Also, at Jimmy and Poltergeist logo. Thank you to our beautiful sponsors for sponsoring this episode. We love our patrons. Yeah, thank you, guys. It's very nice of you. And don't forget, exercise regularly. <sighs> hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 